All right, let's let's crack into it. Um, shit, what episode is this? Thirty-six. Oh no, I think this is. Th- oh. how how is it that we do this monthly and we still don't know what episode it is? All right, here we go. It's Barry Bullock Hour, episode thirty-six. Once again, we are recording remotely from many many sides of the galaxy i am here in christchurch new zealand kieran bullock and it's just a duet it's just a duet this episode very exciting we we haven't done a a, a two we haven't done a two-person uh very bullock hour i think maybe the third epi- second or third episode i think big dog and i just branched out on our own i think that was the pluto episode um, so this is going to be exciting. This is going to be a dance of, of controversial ideas. Beaming in from Melbourne, Australia, the Collingwood Magpie, the Minnesota Thunder himself, Eric the Cox. You know it. <laughs> it's good to be here. Good to be there in your house. <laughs> exactly. As good as it can be. I mean, via the gift of Zoom, you're also in my house and I'm in yours. So well, that's, and I've welcomed you into mine. Yeah, I, I trust that you will be uh, you will be more static and civilized than the other two. Callum wasn't too bad in the I last podcast, to but Big Dog was just up and about. He was playing with his cat. He was playing with his child. He was plugging phones in. He was walking down the corridors. <laughs> he was an absolute shambolic uh, dog. Yeah, well, we're far enough into this that everybody should have their their video chat etiquette dialed in. <laughs> and if you're if you're picking your nose or if you're watering the plants or doing something, then I, I feel like there's no hope for you at this point now. What feels like five or six years into this quarantine. <laughs> yeah, yeah, man. I mean, like we're going to look back on this pandemic, and I know that we don't really. We're not really that interested in talking about COVID-19 on this podcast because, let's be honest, everyone's sick of it. Mm. Um, but, uh, yeah, there's been, there's been a few – there will be a few fascinating things to come come out of it. And I think video the, – the, the boom of video chat and the, the normalization of video chat and the etiquette thereof – it's certainly been a talking point, you know, people working from home, you know, civilized people, doctors, surgeons, lawyers – and there's like, you know, how many videos are there of like children busting in, dudes walking around in their underwear in the mm. background? <laughs> like, <laughs> how do you not say to your partner, I'm going to be on the national news in, in an hour, you know, to talk about something really, really serious. Maybe put your pants on and don't walk <laughs> yeah. into my study. <laughs> exactly. Well, I... I'm sure at some point someone will do a YouTube compilation of like, all the absolute morons that have like found themselves caught in the back of <laughs> Zoom live crosses. That, you know, that's exactly had their, it. Had their SpongeBob SquarePants underpants beamed across the internet. <laughs> Notice you've got a, uh, a a Collingwood Magpies beanie on there for anyone that will be uh, listening to the yeah. audio of this podcast. And I am wearing my uh, my sister's five dollar uh, West Coast Eagle scarf. So. Shades of the it's, it's a sharp shades way. of the 2018 Grand Final um, here. Yeah, exactly right. Neither of us off to the roaring start that we probably would have hoped. The pies maybe a little bit sure in their footing, but yeah, I'm pleased to have this. I'm happy to commemorate the cursed 2020 season, my <laughs> first membership year with an AFL club. Also, oh, you so, got a uh, you, you've gone the full membership, not just the beanie. The yeah, it is. I, I I did buy in, but they've got so many different flavors of membership. Like somehow, I count as a. Me- 
September, even though it's like a flexi two game, <laughs> two game pass thing. I paid like I truly paid like twenty seven dollars, yeah. and I got two general admission tickets to some point during the season, and this beanie, which was meant to be given on the games that you attended. I chased up uh, <laughs> uh, 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 Collingwood, went up to Vic Park, and I said give me my hat and so this showed up in the mail after a surprisingly long delay and i've been wearing it feels good no i mean apart from it being a collingwood beanie it's a nice it's a nice look <laughs> yes the, mm, the, we're headed over that neck of the woods west coast i think yeah I think in the coming so. weeks collingwood's so. moving over to the west coast hub or something i haven't quite followed how it how it's working out yeah it's it's confusing i've been watching a bit of the football it's actually been i think mm. pretty good quality um, is it is it televised there like do, are, are, are kiwis into afl is um, that not really but it, but I think oh. like the the pays the pays sports provider over here. I mean, there's just nothing on. So I imagine that they are, mm-hmm. and of course, you know, any sport that is on will be trying to sell, presumably, sell their rights to anyone and everyone at a real at a reasonable price. So I imagine Sky Sport just went, "Hey AFL, can we have it for this much?" And AFL went, "Yep." Yeah, I, I I imagine that was the end of the conversation. So actually, yes, um, buried on one of the weird, it's like Sky Sports Nine or something. It's like a pop. It's an AFL pop up. Mm-hmm. ESPN the Ocho. It's um, <laughs> it's buried right down the back of the back of the guy. But yeah, the AFL is being played uh, on New Zealand television. There you go. Well, it's turning up in TV on TV in the US too. Uh, Pat, in Pat some Ma- pretty high profile channels. Yeah, Pat McAfee. Pat McAfee. All I don't over. know. Don't know what his history is, but I know. I know. Yeah, he's gotten into it, and he's looped a bunch of people into it, and it's. Yeah, he like, was a he was a punter the, for the Colts for the Indianapolis Colts. Uh, and quite okay. quite the character who's now sort of basically just started his own self-produced YouTube TV show. But Pat McAfee's good because he's funny. And he's like, he's kind of like, it's just him and his mates, but they've set up a studio, broadcasted on YouTube, and they're raking it in. Raking it in. So, yeah. He's a, he's, a, he's a good ally to have. I don't know. So I'm hoping that brings some, uh, some extra interest to it, but it, it just... I've been hyping it up to my buddies too, but it just can't happen when it's like seven, calling seven a. A. at five forty-five a.m. Yeah. and my my friends are all too old to still be up at five forty-five, <laughs> but not yet not old enough to wake up at five forty-five. So. Can't you DVR it? Uh, <laughs> the DVR? Yeah, I don't even know what a, I so don't even know what I, a DVR is, but that's all you hear on American the, TV shows, you know. TiVo to DVR to uh, I don't know it just became the the default uh, once once we moved past like answering machine jokes <laughs> TiVo and DVR jokes became the thing. I assume that's just like kind of videotaping something except digitally yeah that was kind of my understanding it just like recorded everything or you could set big broad swaths of TV for it to record and then you would go back at your convenience and and watch these things and, on and the didn't, didn't TiVo uh, cut out the ads? Yeah, oh yeah that was the thing, it allowed you to either fast forward through the ads or uh, just totally jump them, yeah okay, well, tech is moving too fast. Well there you go America now on demand. DVR exactly. DVR <laughs> the AFL So we're cracking into Yeah, what are you drinking? Oh, uh, V, Eric well, I Gosh. just finished 
finish that now. So this is what happens uh, when we leave you on your own devices. You just straight back to the VB. <laughs> you know, like a man crawling back to a bad ex-girlfriend. You're straight to <laughs> you're straight to good old bit of Victoria. In these in these trying times, you want a you want a comfort beer. I don't know <laughs> if I want. I don't want the the extra margarita sour pumpkin pumpkin new thing from garage project i want my vb i know what it's going to taste like i want to be comforted i want to wrap that blanket around me at the end of a, a stressful day of viruses and race riots <laughs> <laughs> yes we're uh, we're sitting here drinking beers and, and laughing but the, the world kind of sucks right now that's i think that's a fair summation mm. that's a fair summation I, 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 yeah. you gotta you gotta pass the time somehow that's right i've got to hold up you know, I've got to hold up our reputation as a uh, craft beer drinking podcast. Um, here's what I'm drinking. I'll show it to you. There we go. Uh, that is the uh, that is the Lakeman Brewing Hopadelic IPA, um, which is a, a brewery in uh, Lake Topor, up in the North Island, mm-hmm. the big the the big lake up in the North Island. I was up there a couple of weeks ago and. Uh, just doing a bit of a hoon around the North Island, and I uh, oh yeah, yeah picked up a couple of their beers. Um, this is the last one I've got. This this one's also just one uh, mid tier beer award here in New Zealand. So um, mm. so that's what I'm getting into the Hopadelic IPA from Lakeman Brewing, Lake Topor <laughs> Aotearoa. Very nice, very tasty. Get it down yeah. I like it. I'll toast to that. Yeah, a sharp looking can, a nice looking drink. I stayed at. Um, I've got another one here. I'm, I'm I'm aware that um, I'm aware that I've got a squeaky chair. That's one thing I'm aware of. But I'm also I'm also aware that we're sort of we are conversing visually for what I as, mm. as mentioned is an audio podcast. Um, so oh, wait a so minute. The, this bit might not make the edit. Um, but there's another one of their cans. Um, the hairy. So they've got a theme. I see. Yeah, the hairy Jaffa, which is a, a lovely sort of orangey chocolate stout. And I had a couple of them. You know, I like it when you go on holiday. I like drinking the beer from around the corner. I think that's that's part. You might as well. That's part of for me of, of traveling is is eating and drinking the local produce. You know, you can't you can't get. Mm. I mean, for all of the Victoria bitter stable, Carlton Draft mm. CUB, they're um, and I'm using air quotes, brewery fresh. You know, for me, you can't get fresher than, than something that's brewed around the corner. Um, so I picked up a couple of Lakeman Brewing beers. Um, so I, I was only in, uh, in Topol for a night. Uh, I, did a, a night. I did a very short hoon around some of the North Island. I was only, I was in a Toyota Prius. A Prius. <laughs> I call it a Prius because when we also, we hired, when my family and I went to Japan a couple of years ago, we hired a... a a Prius. We're in Shinjuku, in uh, sort of down downtown sure Tokyo, underneath um, Shinjuku Station, which is, I think, I think from memory, it's the highest traffic train station in the world, um, in terms of passenger numbers. That sounds. About I mean, Shinjuku right. train station in Japan is the size of a city. It's massive. But anyway, so we picked up. We we I went and picked it. up our rental car from there because that's where near where we were staying. And of course, I went in there and I gave the gave the dude my driver's license and my passport, and he tapped away into the computer, and then he, he looks at me and goes, "Ah, oh, Pudius," <laughs> and I love that. I just love that. Ah, oh, there's just there's something, 
there's something wonderful about little old Japanese men that speak a little bit of English. They're just yeah, like, ah, oh, exactly. so good, so good. So now every, <laughs> it's, it's like a tip. Every time I see a Prius, I go, ah, oh, Prius. <laughs> so good. But anyway, so I, so I, hired a, I hired a Prius very cheaply from Wellington, did a week in Wellington, caught up with mm. some friends, and then I went on a, a bit of a hoon um, for four days around the North Island, went up to New Plymouth and Mount Taranaki, did a little bit of hiking up there, and then I, I basically went to, to Topor because they got some... Th- obviously, so the lake there is... is um, the lake was formed <laughs> um, by one of the biggest volcanic eruptions in history. Because of that volcanic activity, there's a lot of thermal springs and stuff nearby. So I was like, well, after a couple of days of hiking my ass off around Taranaki, I'm going to go there and soak my weary bones. So so I got to Topor, and I was staying just in a hostel, just on on the lakefront there. And I checked Mm. in, and I I went up. I'd had my soak already at the thermal springs. I had a couple of Lakeman Brewing beers that I'd recently purchased in the bag. But here's the thing. When I was walking to my room... I saw a big sign that said that you're not allowed to drink alcohol in the hostel, which I was outraged by. It's not <laughs> the first time that I've seen that. There's this trend now worldwide where hostels will have a bar in them, and because they have a bar uh, in them, yeah. they don't allow people for quote-unquote liquor licensing reasons to drink alcohol in their room. Fuck that. It's no a hostel. Way. That's the point of it. People are poor. That's exactly yeah. it. <laughs> yeah, if I wanted to go to... Oh, my God. The guy You're gave exactly me right. like yeah. a wristband. He said, yeah, go downstairs. We've got cheap drinks. I'm like, yep, I'm just going to get into my bed and drink my beers, um, which I did. That's a little bit of a bugbear of mine is hostels that don't let you drink your own piss. And hostels, hostels that don't have kitchens. That's the other thing. Yeah, why not just stay at the Ritz then? Yeah, if I can't, uh, if you're not going to give me the hostel details that I want, I paid for my little mattress here. I'm going to do what I want on this mattress, whether it's drink <laughs> beer, and you're going to you're going to give me a hot plate to warm up my noodles on. Yeah, I, funnily enough, he's talking about the Ritz. I the 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 thing that triggered me with the kitchen is I stayed at a hostel in uh, New York near near Central Park. By that point in the trip, this is the trip a couple of years ago, I was dirt poor. Mm. And I was I was literally like, right, I'm going to the grocery store and I'm buying a loaf of bread and a 12-pack of eggs and that's it. That's, that's meals for the next three or four days. And I bought that stuff before I yeah. got to the hostel and I got there and they didn't have a kitchen. <laughs> they did have a toaster... And they had a microwave. I don't consider that to be a kitchen, but it was better than nothing. So I ended up having to, like, (laughs) scramble the eggs in a mug in the microwave. You got to do it. It was was as gross as it sounds. (laughs) Thankfully for New York, you've got dollar pizza. Oh, yeah. you People say that New York is is an incredibly expensive place to be. And and that that is true under certain circumstances. You just Mm. dollar pizza. You got to learn where to look. Yeah. Just live off dollar pizza. Exactly right. (laughs) Yeah. So you got your dollar pizzas, and then mm. I don't know if they still do this. Um, dollar any sized um, soft drinks at McDonald's. That's what got me through they my st- last dirt poor <laughs> week in New York on my last trip. It was 
it was it was it was scrambled eggs in the microwave on toast for breakfast, dollar pizza mm. for lunch and dinner. Uh, you just you buy the large drink from McDonald's, which is mm. unlimited refills, and you just tuck that into your bag. So anytime you walk past McDonald's, you just go in and fill it up. In you go, yeah, <laughs> yeah. You yeah. keep it with you. When <laughs> I had a guy steal one once, once from me, right? So I used to sit there and use the Wi-Fi, and like I'd have, I'd have, I'd have a cheeky Dr Pepper, delicious. But then also, they just had <laughs> water it. on the taps as well, so you could have water as well. Yeah. So you know, it made made sense to like you know just go out there and have a, a cheeky water. And for some reason, I went up upstairs. It was a two story McDonald's somewhere in New York, and I went upstairs to the bathroom. I hid my cup on a on a on a seat next next to the bathroom, like under the table on the seat, mm. and I went in for for a, a quick urination. And when I came back, the cup was gone, and like a a, a clearly homeless dude had stolen my <laughs> cup, and was standing <laughs> was standing there filling it up to have a drink. And I was kind of like, oh, you gotta be on time. I mean, technically, just I just got robbed by a homeless man. <laughs> but at the end of the day dude's going to get a free drink out of it. So I, I couldn't bemoan him. When I worked at a movie theater, we had a similar gig. Like if you bought like the $7 large soda at the movie theater, you got free refills. For se- $7, you should. Yeah, oh, exactly right. Yeah, within the movie theater universe, you absolutely should be getting free refills on your $15 popcorn. And with your extra, with your extra large cup, you got a refill. But... You didn't just get a refill in that cup for whatever reason. We gave you a fresh cup. And so eventually, within the months of this promo, people worked out that you could grab a large cup out of the trash <laughs> and bring to the register. And we would give you a fresh cup of soda. And you could always tell because they were like crunched up, like greasy things that were obviously pulled out of the trash. But somebody's saying, hey, I bought this large soda and I do want my refill. So you trade out their trash cup for a fresh cup and you've saved yourself potentially hundreds of dollars um if you're if you're drinking enough at enough oh, movies. Man. i guess like you know these businesses that are quite openly gouging you for money you know there's there's obviously no guilt mm. that people feel that i'm i'm literally going to take a cup out of the trash to get a free drink out of these bastards i mean i don't i don't mind that at all just like i didn't i wasn't angry at the homeless man that stole my cup the end of the day that's that's the game you play so i'm trying to think like new york famously expensive city but you can get by on those one dollar pizzas like melbourne's melbourne's an expensive place you hear about how expensive the cost of living is in new zealand like are there little like is there within christchurch what's your cheap eat what like is there is there a trick some uh, a poor kid in the hostel you say oh you can live on this like i've been thinking i can't even think of what that would be in melbourne like a one dollar Seven Eleven coffee or something? Uh. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, food generally is not a money maker uh, in this part mm. of the world, anyway. You know, restaurants and cafes and stuff. It's generally accepted that they don't make a lot of money off the food. It's off booze mm. or other peripherals like coffee and that sort of stuff. As a rule, food generally isn't that cheap to buy because it's already quite expensive to make i guess in america you've got the economy mm-hmm. of scale you know i i guess if you're looking for cheap eats in melbourne i feel like you know you can go down to chinatown and get a decent plate of dumplings for six or seven bucks it's pretty that's good. a good call not great not great for your waistline but it's certainly good for the wallet 
Yeah. Um, exactly. One 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 thing I I did enjoy on my uh, on my uh, cheeky uh, North Island road trip was a a good old fashioned service station pie. Is it four and twenties over there? What's the brand? No. In, so I, I so there's a um, there's a petrol station chain here. Um, it's New Zealand owned. I think it's New Zealand owned. It's definitely New Zealand operated. It, they used to be Shell. But then they re they rebranded to a more Kiwi specific brand, which they simply called Zed. Zed, okay. As part of their full sort of rebrand and rekit, you know, they're like, we've really got to make an effort to to be Kiwi. And so one thing they did was they they really ramped up the pie selection. Mm. So if you're you're hooning around on a roadie in New Zealand, you can pop into any Zed service station. You can get yourself a decent pie for about four bucks. That's pretty cheap. Can't complain. So if you were a backpacker living next to a Z, maybe that's what I'd be saying. Get get in there and get stuck into a steak and cheese. Good for you. A pie will fill a guy up. Okay. Pies are definitely, in terms of like a sort of a, a, a cost economy to feeling full, it's hard to go past a, a, you know, because they're four dollars, four fifty pretty good if you're looking just to fill up you know a service station pie and a can of coke or a bottle of water or something and you know six or seven bucks you're good to go and you know me i live about 10 meters away from a coles express shell branded station i should stick my head in there and see what their pie selection is like price point variety quality well yeah the, the problem with australian service stations is that you always end up, you always end up with the the pre-packaged pies your four and twenties, your mm. Mrs. Max, the ones that are made in a factory, shoved in like a cellophane packet, and then, you know, whereas the ones in Z are, are, are I believe they're like baked. In, they're not made completely, but they're baked in the service station, and so you have to literally. It's like going to a bakery. You have to reach in with the tongs, pull out the pie, put it in a paper bag. Just a good quality pie. <laughs> good quality pie. Count me in. You know. But I, I feel like I'm I'm almost uh, prepared to award Zed Pies a golden spatula. I'm I'm with you. They are underrated. They are good. They are they are damn good. They're tasty. They're good quality. They're always fresh. They're always hot. They're affordable. You know, sometimes when you're on a long roadie, <laughs> you need the recharge of a of a little bit of meat, sauce, cheese, fat, pastry, butter, all that good stuff. Four dollars fifty, get it down here. Oh my god! Golden spatula for Z pies. Golden spatula, lock it in. And I like where we are. I feel like praising gas station food is one step away from loving VB. I think that's <laughs> just one small step away. And I'm with you. I don't know. I feel like that's one part of my worldview. I've loved gas station hot dogs. I love gas station pastries and donuts. And 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 thinking, oh, pies, yeah, that makes sense. That And that's just enjoying <laughs> the simple, low-cost like yeah. comfort foods of life yeah so i think that's only one one small logical step away from enjoying bb to its fullest so i'm glad i'm pulling you in that direction well put a pin in that because i'd like to come back to it what what i'm hmm. what i'm going to add before we come back to the pin is that one of my favorite things in america is 7-eleven nachos i, I mean <laughs> yeah. I, it's a big country so i don't know what if it's the same sort of deal in minnesota but certainly in Chicago, where I where I had I've had them a couple of times, the Seven Eleven make your own nacho stand. That's a good time. 
you know, they give you like the basket of chips and you whack they you whack that in the microwave for a minute to get it hot. And then it's like it's that disgusting liquidy pump cheese sauce. Nasty Every, cheese. Everything's on a pump. <laughs> Sour cream on a pump. Salsa on a pump. Cheese on a pump. You take your chips, you pump it on, and then you've got like you've got the little tubs of like chopped veggies, so you can chop on your your jalapenos, your red onions, your white onions, your chopped tomatoes, and it's like three bucks, and you can just like because you can make your own, you just dump it on. It's like a very small, crappy <laughs> buffet, but it's the best. I tell you what, I'm I'm going to double spatula. I'm also going to spatula American Seven Eleven nachos. <laughs> Get it down here. Great value, great taste, outstanding. I do like that the concept of a convenience store where you can just pop in and buy your bread and your milk and your toilet paper and things like that in America has progressed to popping in for your convenience nachos that you can have just while walking down the street just around the corner from your house you want that it's a meal those nachos are because it's up to you and you can just load up that's a meal i I first had it in 2012 in chicago and we we driven from toronto to chicago in one day which was a it was over it was a it was over a thousand kilometers in one day so we got to chicago very late in the piece we got to chicago like 10 o'clock at night we checked into a hostel which had a kitchen. Hey. <laughs> and we said, you know, where can you get a drink around here? And so they, they sent us to a like a really late night pub. Miller's Pub, I think mm. it was called. If you're ever in Chicago, great place mm. for a beer. And so no, we had don't. a few froths and uh, and some ribs and some stuff like that. And then once we were once we were boozed enough, we you know, you know when you're boozed you, you still feel like another snack. Mm. And um, there was a Seven Eleven just down the way, and I went in there, and I was straight to the nachos, <laughs> like a moth to a flame. Outstanding. A man can smell them. Oh, you just gotta draw right great. in. Yeah. I tell you what, Seven Eleven Australia. The next, if you want to level up in the game of life, Seven Eleven Australia. It's make your own nachos time. One thing that Seven Elevens <laughs> uh, do stock, um, which is not as good, and I'd like to. I'd like to come back to an earlier point, if I may. We were talking about pies and embracing convenience food. And like you said, embracing mm-hmm. convenience food and embracing pies is a slippery slope to embracing Victoria Bitter. <laughs> and and the, it, it brings me to a, a, an interesting point. I'd like to get your uh, thoughts on it as a uh, as an outsider, as an American, uh, with, a, with objective taste buds in regards to this. Um, what are your thoughts on the football staple, the four and twenty classic meat pie? Well, I've always enjoyed it. I don't think I've ever eaten it out. <laughs> I don't think I've ever eaten it outside of a football stadium. But on a cold Melbourne evening, when I'm watching my boys, I'm watching Mason <laughs> running around out there kicking his goals, taking his one marker game. It's always been warm, filling, and like what four bucks, which in terms of the MCG, I think is a steal. Yeah. So from an economical point of view, you're saying it's a worthwhile endeavor. Yeah. It's like, I feel like it's a quarter pounder or something. It's a, it's a, it's a Domino's pizza. It's like, it's, it's definitely not best in class, but it's best in that moment. Yeah. I, I, I'm a, I'm a big fan. Yeah. I, having said that, I've always walked past the frozen four and twenties at Kohl's. You can get those nice big packs. I've never once been moved to bring one into my home. Yeah, well, this this is the thing about the four and twenty pies. It's indelibly linked 
to Australian rules football. As you say, it's the thing to do on a cold winter's day at the MCG or Victoria Park or whatever is, you know, you go and grab a four and 20 and it's, it's part of the culture and almost part of the history in football. And I think you should always respect the culture and history of any sport. My issue with it is that it's a terrible pie. <laughs> I'm not one to spout controversial viewpoints just for the sake of goosing controversy, but I think it's time that it, it, it has to be said that the 4 and 20 meat pie is an awful, awful pie. It is a terrible exhibition <laughs> of the form. I, I just, they're so unappetizing. They're, they're just a gross pie. And having been here in New Zealand and seeing the beautiful handcrafted quality product that you can get from a Z service station for $4, I have to say, I mean, it'll never happen because people are attached to the nostalgia and the routine and the ritual of a 4 and 20 meat pie of the football. But they are arguably the worst pie in the world. I think Australians and football fans could do better. I think it's time to ditch the 4 and 20 pie. They're rubbish. Get rid of them. I don't think you're far off. I, as as a as a as a defender of the low end, <laughs> I I'm actually going to go ahead with you and say the pastry seems bad. It's hard. It's cardboardy. It's not buttery. It's not flaky because they're made in a factory. They're designed to be. They have to be sturdy enough to be frozen and then reconstituted. They're zombie pies. They're, they're pies that have been bought back from the dead. <laughs> you know, they don't have any subtlety. They don't have any. Uh, there's no flakiness to the pastry, puff pastry. There's no flake. You know, it's just the meat is grey. Mm. Meat should not be grey. And then there's the then there's the oblique terminology of the name, meat pie. <laughs> That's something I might have taken for granted as an outsider. If you handed me you handed me a sandwich and you said, This is a meat sandwich <laughs> in America, I'd say, Well, you gotta tell me a little yeah. bit more. But when I came down here, somebody handed me a meat pie and I said, Oh, okay, a meat pie. That was, okay. Meat, you, you, uh, you take for granted sense. that it's beef. But at the end of the day, like <laughs> what's beef? Beef presumably is just some meat that was on a cow at some point. <laughs> you go back to the old uh, Simpsons joke, like when they're they're thinking about the different foods and what animals they come from, and they they put up the hot dog, and it's like the tail of a rat and the tongue of a leather food, <laughs> and it's like, yeah, what what goes into a meat pie? Because here's the thing, I love pies. You know, as a born and bred New Zealander, I just I love them. And I'm glad that you, as an American, are embracing the pie because, mm. at the end of the day, mm. meat, gravy, cheese, vegetables in a pastry case, it's a thing of beauty. But the 4 and 20 meat pie is just the worst possible exhibition of the art form. Its time is up. Agreed. In my opinion. You've opened my eyes. I might turn my back. There's, you know, my own there's the economic downturn that's, that's going to follow this pandemic. And there's, there's obviously, yeah, it's not great to see businesses fail. But it's also, I think it's a chance to start afresh, to reassess what are the things in our world that we can do better. And I think quality exactly of pie right. at the football, 4 and 20 have been, have been given a moment in time to realize that their product is absolute crap and that they could do better. And I implore anyone from <laughs> 4 and 20 listening to this podcast, as unlikely as that is, to make a stand for better quality pies. Kill the four and twenty meat pie at the football. It's <laughs> over. 
the people of Melbourne deserve better. <laughs> the people of Australia deserve better than that grey zombie flaccid. It's somehow flaccid and hard at the same time, the pastry casing. It's an abomination. Get rid of it. If that means you have to change the price by even five cents, I'm out. I want <laughs> I g- give me give me the gray zombie pies. I <laughs> it's all about that price point. Nothing goes better with the eleven dollar Carlton draft mid strength than, <laughs> than, than, than a four dollar pie. <laughs> you go and see your rugby or whatever it is you do over there, and then what do you what do you order? It's it, it's still a stadium pie, but it's just high quality. Or is it like a, a lamb lamb pie? Or the classic New Zealand pie is the steak and cheese pie, which is sort of uh, okay. Larger chunks of meat in a gravy with a layer mm. of cheese on top. And I tell you what, Eric, the steak and cheese pie <laughs> is a thing of beauty. There is a there is a there is a Kiwi pie maker in Melbourne who I've been meaning to visit for a long time, and he does a mean steak and cheese. Um, according to the reviews that mm. I've read, so when I am back in Melbourne, whenever that is, we will we'll take a little road trip out to Port Melbourne and see if we can get ourselves a proper, authentic New Zealand steak and cheese pie. Count me in. We'll jump on that one hundred and nine train. I'll take you to McDonald's and give you a, <laughs> a proper American burger. <laughs> I'm always surprised when people go to McDonald's during the day, um, but it's always disappointing to me to see um, to see people drunk at like two o'clock in the morning at the elizabeth street mcdonald's when that when rocket burger which is my favorite burger joint in melbourne is right across oh, yeah. the street it's right there it's open late the pay the money get the quality that's a less that's a life lesson right there <laughs> and i've never oh. eaten a rocket burger i gotta check okay, that out we're gonna have we're gonna have a barry bullock hour um foodie road trip <laughs> burgers and pies <laughs> Paint me a picture of the uh, the fast food landscape in in Christchurch. Are there any local players? Is it is it is it the big is it Subway, KFC, McDonald's? Yeah, it's the big four. Um, so we've got uh, mm. yeah, so McDonald's, KFC, Subway, um, and Burger King, which is of course Hungry Jack's, but the rest of the world. However, we, funnily enough, Burger King here has just gone into receivership, like bankruptcy. Really? So a lot of them are closing up. So yeah, I don't know. We might be seeing the first uh, first fatality in that regards. But um, no, we're um, we're dominated by the uh, traditional players. We've got Wendy's here in Christchurch, the American burger chain. I love it. I snuck Wendy's. I snuck out Square to Wendy's burgers. the other day to just sort of check it out. I had Wendy's a couple of times the last time I was in America, and I enjoyed it. It's passable. It's fine. Yeah. Yeah. A bit of variety is always good, I think, you know. Yeah. But yeah, no, the, the big, the, you know, the, the landscape's dominated by the, the classic players. Although Fish and Chips is the other big player. Of course, most of those are independently owned. But, you know, New Zealanders love mm. their Fish and Chips, which I think Australians do too, but, but not, maybe not quite to the same extent, yeah. you know. Like I'm in, the, I'm in suburbia mm. here. And there's two fish and chip shops nearby. Fish and chips are another thing where, like, if you get them right, I mean, fish and chips are a thing to behold. If you get them wrong, forget mm. it. Waste of time. <laughs> it's it's something that's always struck me from the states. I don't know. Even though Minnesota being landlocked, uh, we're known for lakes and like freshwater fish. <laughs> it's like why why is fish and chips not a thing in Minnesota? There's a, there's 
kind of a single hip place in Minneapolis called Anchor Fish and Chips. Yeah. Uh, and I think they do good business because they're probably the only place in the state of Minnesota that is a fish and chip shop. And it's it's just a, it's a solid fried food that I feel like Americans would would get into if there was one on every corner. Yeah, it's interesting that because um, obviously Australia and New Zealand are um, the, the British influence is very strong in certain elements. And, and certainly you, we're talking about pies and fish and chips as being very British things. And it's quite interesting that America, mm. which is also admittedly a, a bit further back in history, originally, originally a British colony. It's, it's interesting that the pie and the fish and chip, you think about like the Boston Tea Party and the sort of rebellion against Britain. Rejection you know, of it, yeah. You know, that's why coffee is such a big thing. Americans decide they don't want to drink tea anymore. So I wonder if there's sort of that inherently fundamental rebellion against British culture that Americans don't want to embrace great British inventions like the pie and fish and chips. Because let's be honest, pies, meat, <laughs> gravy, in pastry, it's beautiful. Fish and chips, you can't f- go wrong. big, thick, fried chips, battered. I mean, it's, it's, all, it's all very, very good stuff. And I think America needs to get with the program. Something that you sent me recently was the release of the big PBR uh, Paps yes. Ribbon 99-pack. <laughs> I've searched high and low Dan Murphy's... Uh, BWS Liquorland around Richmond in Victoria, and I can't find a single place stocking it. I've followed the link on on the website to somebody that seems to be tied to the distribution of it, and I've gotten no uh. further. <laughs> um, Two hundred fifty bucks for ninety nine cans, I think, is doable at at the Australian yeah, rates. So- even though a ninety nine case would be would be. $45 in the U.S. Um, Just to, to clarify for the listeners, it's a it's it's Pabst Blue Ribbon, which is one of your favorite local American beers, releasing a 99-can case for 250 bucks. but you haven't been able to find it. That is disappointing. You hate mm. to see it. You hate to not see it. Um, say, I don't know. I like it. I like it. And, and the 4th of July is coming up. There's, <laughs> there's more to talk about there. But the 4th of July would... Even though I'm still in isolation here, and it's me and uh, 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 occasionally the girlfriend here in this small apartment, I think I could work through a 99 case in a couple of days. <laughs> yes, well, I'm unfortunately not there to help you. <laughs> Otherwise, I'd be right into a can of disgusting pet blue ribbon. Um, I mean, that's a pretty easy way to have a party. It's just be like, hey, friends, I've got 99 beers. The only issue you would have is how are you going to get any of them cold? That's a big problem. That's a big, big problem that I hadn't You'd need a of. couple of coolers, some ice. And the way they've got it packaged, it's, there's no way it could fit into any kind of consumer. consumer well, there fridge. are, there are, there, yeah, there are presumably some empty fridges at Amy Park, but you, you would have to break into those. <laughs> um, I, would, I can happily give you instructions as to how and where to break in, but... Um, <laughs> Well, keep on the t- keep on the case. Uh, you know, I will see what I can find. I will definitely see. What I, I can would. Find. I would love nothing more than to see you rocking up with a 99, <laughs> 99 can case of uh, America's finest. And I use well, I use the, I use the word advisedly. <laughs> our first in-person podcast. I'll see if I can turn up with 99 cans and split between three to four guys. I think that would be a pretty solid podcast. A little midwinter American summer peps party. Yeah, man. Crank up the heater, put on some sombreros. 
<laughs> we could have it make your own nacho station. Oh my gosh, there's so much good stuff we could do. Get some hot dogs cooking in some hot water. Yeah. Oh yeah. I'm thinking a a, a celebratory relaunch podcast. We get the pabs. We dress up. <laughs> Make your own nachos. I'll bring some steak and cheese pies. We'll just bring the whole thing together. I like this. We're making plans. <laughs> it's coming together. Time to wrap it up. That is episode 36. We we have potentially caused some controversy. Brilliant dissection of Australian food culture and New Zealand food culture. Um, go the pies. Yeah, and of course, I am talking about the uh, <laughs> delicious meat or vegetable filled pastry product, and, uh, and not the Collingwood magpies. Although you are you are welcome to disagree. Fair enough. <laughs> I'll, I'll support them both. Of course. Um, well, thank you, Eric. It's been a great time. Great to chat. Great to catch up. We will uh, we will sign it off there. Episode thirty six. It's done. It's dusted, and uh, we will be back in a month's time, probably still remotely. Get on the Zoom and have a hoon. That's what we'll do. <laughs> Preach. Um, but but that's it for now. Thank you for listening, folks, and uh, we'll see you in a month or so. Bye-bye. Um, Eric Cox is taking a bathroom break in the middle of a podcast that's just the two of us. So now I can say what I like about him, and he's never going to know unless he listens to the podcast. Maybe I should talk shit about his Collingwood Magpies beanie. But he is American. And the American, his name is Cox. Nah, it all makes sense. Now I'm here sitting by myself, uh, talking to myself. That's chaos theory. Hey, he's back. Sorry I, about I that. Just, I, I spent the whole time <laughs> talking.